Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, good evening. Welcome to the 1,262nd episode of PKN. This is Mary Scott. I am your host for this evening with Iron Sharpens Iron, and um, I bring you greetings. Um, I just want to share a little bit with you today. been going through a lot, but I never, never, never not going to have something that I can say to God's people. Um, so I want to be an, an available vessel. I just want to ask God again before I start, Lord, decrease Mary and let something be said that may encourage, enlighten, or connect somebody with you, God. In Jesus' name, God, we ask you, Lord, to just have your way in me and have your way through this broadcast, God. In Jesus' name, touch every heart and every family involved, God. We ask your protection over those um, that are out there within the ear range of this broadcast, God. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So I just want to talk a little bit to you today. Not sure how long I'll be. Probably won't be before you too long. But I just want to share what God laid on my heart. Um, Been in a little spiritual warfare lately, so my body is really um, emotionally drained and physically drained. But I'm never not going to be able to say something in reference to God because he still is through it all God. He is God. So um, I just want to give you what God has put on my heart today. I want to talk to um, everyone today about um, preparing, preparing ourselves for God's work. We have to prepare ourselves to do God's work. So, um, Uh, Preparing ourselves for God's work is a season of preparation, getting ready for all God has for you. In doing so, let me break it down a little bit, strong character is essential for withstanding storms that will come during seasons of growth and harvest. There is a lot of people who have the gifts and talents to take them somewhere exciting, But if they don't have strong, Christ-like character, all the talent in the world won't keep them there. So we have to be prepared with our mindset when we are going out to to do God's work. When I I said that, God brought it right back to my mind when I was asked to do this um, segment, you know, this spot designed for me on PKN that as soon as I accepted the cha- the challenge, that the devil was going to come for me. And that, that's in anything you choose to do for God, he's going to test you. He's going to, you know, come at you. So we have to be ready, girded, strong minds, strong wills, and we have to prepare. You have to prepare for the enemy, and you also have to prepare for the, de- the, the job or the task at hand that God has for you to do. So it seems that many people don't really know themselves and understand why they do what they do. Self-deception is easy to fall into 
and one of the hardest things to face. But when we are face-to-face with the truth about ourselves and examine our motives, God will help us change for the better and get on track with his will for our lives. So we have to face the truth with ourselves, kind of like when we're getting ready to take communion and we say that prayer of God, forgive me, cleanse me of anything. We should say that prayer every day. We should say that prayer not only before we lay down at night, but we should say this prayer all throughout the day that, God, if I said something, thought something, or, you know, any any indication that could harm somebody else's belief or harm somebody's growth, or even just for our own soul salvation, we need to do self-evaluation um, periodically and say, God, if have I said anything that I'm not aware of that displeases you, take it out of me and cleanse me and keep me in a right standing with you because we don't know the day nor the hour that he is going to come back, and we need to be prepared. Um, get out of your comfort zone is one of the tactics that we need to learn to in order to do what God has called us to do. We're not going to always be in our comfort zone. So um, before we can move forward into a new thing, we usually have to let go of something that we've been doing for a while. Something that we've been doing that we just don't want to let go. See, sometimes we're willing to give up a whole lot of stuff, but it's that one thing that we keep tucked away like, God, I ain't ready to give this up yet. You have to give it all up because in the last segment that I talked about, it was surrender all, completely surrender, being sold out. And you can't give God nine items out of ten and hold on to the tenth one because then you're not completely sold out. So, we have to do a self-evaluation, and then we have to get rid of some stuff. Sometimes we got to get rid of some people. Sometimes we got to get rid of some places we go. And it don't even have to be places like a bar or a club. Sometimes you can just have this one person or this one friend or this one neighbor house that you may go to or frequent often, and it's not an environment good for your spiritual um, journey. So we have to be mindful when we decide that we're going to be wholeheartedly sold out and on task and working for God, we have to line stuff up and we have to maneuver maneuver some things in our lives. And um, I thank God that he was showing me these things because, like I said, I've been going through a spiritual warfare uh, with my daughter, and I've been trying to keep all my other children on task, and I'm trying to gear and rear the grandkids to be on point because we are living in the last days, and I don't want him to come back and we ain't ready. I want to be ready, and I want to know that everything I love and connected to me is ready. And so I've been in a spiritual warfare, and it's, I've been battling this battle for a long time, and it feels like sometimes by myself. But I'm encouraged because when I get weary and I get overwhelmed and I get discouraged, that God reminds me that I have him. We can't put our trust in man. Yes, we have friends that are, are human that can help warfare with us, but our trust should not be in them. Our trust should be in him who strengthens and guides all of us anyway as a unit. So um, when we're doing that, so our first thing we need to do is get out of our comfort zone and get rid of some stuff and some people in order to prepare to do God's work. Also, we need to embrace discipline. Some of us, even adults, cannot embrace discipline. I have gotten, thank God, finally, in my mid-adulthood, have finally gotten to a place where I can take constructive criticism 
because as long as I know that it's for the improving and the betterment of me being who God wants me to be, I can I can take that criticism and move forward and learn from it and do better. Like they say, you learn better, you do better. So um, self-discipline is a fruit of the spirit that requires time to develop properly. Just like that fruit, you can't, ain't going to plant no peach tree and go out there in a week and have peaches. It's a, it's a peach tree all day, and it's going to stay a peach tree. But it takes time for that peach to develop, bud, ripen, and all. So it is a process, and we don't want to force the process or uh, speed the process because sometimes expediting something, you miss something that you needed that was very crucial to your development. So I wanted to say, um, so the discipline, the self-discipline is a fruit of the spirit that requires time to develop properly. And self-discipline is developed when we do the right thing consistently over and over and over again for a long time. Consistently means over and over again. And we, and I always tell my grandchildren and my children, character is doing the right thing when nobody is looking. Because we all tend to do the right thing when somebody is looking or when everybody is looking. But when you can do what you know is right when nobody is looking is what your is what is your character. So, um, and then I had a question I was writing, um, and these are some things that you can ask God in your personal time or in your study time or in your prayer time, but we all need to really evaluate and know these things in order to move forward in our ministries because we all have a ministry. Whether we have a title or not, we are all in a ministry because if you can talk to somebody and tell them about God and and, and, and gear them towards God and steer them that way, that's a ministry. So I believe we're all disciples. We're all evangelists to a degree, male and female, and some religions say it can't no male be an evangelist and can't no woman be a preacher, and we are all messengers for God because Mary Magdalene was the first messenger. She was the very first messenger. So um, do you know why God has placed you on this earth? That's something you should want to know. What is my purpose? Everybody has a purpose. Do you know why you are who you are? And that could be carnally in your family and spiritually in the body of Christ. You need to know these things, your purpose and why you are who you are. Do you know why God has given you the personality and the abilities that he make, that, that make you who you are? Everybody don't have the same personality. Some people are people people, and some people are just, I'm going to deal with you on a need-to-do basis. If you need me, I'm going to minister to you, and then I'm to myself. I'm, I'm an introvert other than God's word. Or... Some people are just outgoing. That's me. I talk. I ain't never met a stranger. I talk to everybody. And nine times out of ten, I'm going to talk to you. We're going to talk about the Lord. And then we're going to be there a minute. So uh, we need to know these things, our abilities, to, who we are. Ask him, and he will reveal it to you. My pastor generally says to us, if you pray and get up off your knees and get in the bed, you only did half of it. You're supposed to sit and let him talk back to you because he will. He will meet you there. Well, the ultimate reason is to glorify him. That's the ultimate reason for why we or who we are and why we are placed here. It's to glorify him. That's what we were made and designed for, to, to glorify God 
and to bring glory to him. This is why the world is in the state that it's in at this very moment in this pandemic. It's because everybody, including most churches, have taken God out. I know churches, they have made it a business. There was a particular church in Philadelphia, and I won't say their name, but when they built themselves into a bigger building, they made it, they became more of a building, I mean, uh, more of a business. They were the first church that I've ever seen to install an ATM in the church and have security guards hired like it was an office building or something. So it made me feel like it was more business-oriented than it was God-oriented. Um, but um, it's for his glory. We, take, we took God out of everything. We took him out of the schools. We took him out of the courthouses. We took him out of our, out of our marriages. We took him out, out of our homes. And, and in some instances, we took him out of the church because, you know, some reason, this is my church, not running how I want to. This is God's house. And it's supposed to be run and and coordinated, and the Holy Spirit is supposed to be in free will of how it's run. And that's why we don't write up no programs at my church. We don't have no programs when you come in. You don't get no program handed to you because it is subject to change. Nine times out of ten, we ain't going by the program anyway, so we don't even waste the paper and the ink. But that's how we're supposed everything we do. As a matter of fact, Friday I was on my way to church, and I was so overwhelmed and not my heart was broke. And I was sitting there talking to God, and I said, God, whatever you do with me, as long as you get the glory, it's going to be okay with me. But if you like get no glory out of it, I don't want no part of it. Because at some point, we have to just get there and say, if it ain't glorifying God, it's got to be glorifying the, the enemy. So God needs his glory that God is hurt. I, I I hear a lot of people saying the devil, this pandemic is sent from the devil and this and other. Look, look, the devil don't have that much power. The devil don't have that much power. As a matter of fact, he has authority that God gave him, which is nothing but permission from God to do certain things to us and around us and through us, but he don't have no power. He has authority, but he has no power. So I believe that we're going through this, what we're going through in this world globally because we have hurt God, we have withdrawn from God, we have taken him out of everything. And everything that we put in front of God, he took from them. He took sports, because everybody got sports first. I would go to church, but the game is on. I would go to this, but this game. He didn't took the sports. He didn't took the malls. He had closed the malls. They're back open, most of them, I believe. But he has, he has been, he, look. They got same-sex marriages. They just don't don't regard God in no area, and he is hurt. And I don't blame God for acting because we have totally disregarded, and he ain't getting no glory. And that's why I told him, as for me and my house, you will get the glory. So I want him to be able to be a, a part of anything that I'm dealing with or anything that is connected to me. He needs to get the glory out of it. Um. One of the ways we do this is through service, through ministry, through using the abilities and talents that God has given you to exalt him. Some people can sing. Most people I know that can sing really, really well, guess what? They don't feel like singing. I ain't rehearsed the song right. I can't sing it this week because I ain't practiced it. It ain't for you. It ain't about you. 
whoever. Most of the time when I sing a song at church, and I think I sounded horrible because nine times out of ten when I know that I have to sing a solo at church, the devil come right along and I get froggy. My throat gets to acting up. I have to drink tea with lemon and peppermints and, and everything. And he just use, he just try to get all in there. And I sing it. And when I get up there, I say, okay, God, you got to do this because this ain't even about me. You do this. And sometimes I still feel like I didn't sound my best. But it glorified him because I asked him to do it. And people have said, oh, I really enjoyed that song. Or you really blessed me. And in my mind, I'm going, what? It was horrible. But it wasn't for me. It was for them. So God needs to be in control, and we need to know that the gifts he gave us aren't for us. I know people that can draw really, really well. They don't want to do it. Half the stuff that people go to college for, don't nobody work in them fields. I mean, we just all about us. If it's about us, we just want, if I don't like it or I ain't comfortable, that goes back to the very first thing. We got to come out of our comfort zone. So I just wanted to share some things with y'all that God was sharing with me because guess what? Like, it went for me first. Whatever I wrote down and I'm sharing with you, it ministered to me first. And it, and it stuck with me first. And by me being broken and weary and exalted, exhausted and um, just going through. God had to lift me up and, 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 and build me up because man can't really do it. He can send somebody to encourage you, but God does the building. And I thank God that he really builds me up when I get like that. So, number one, we have to know what to do, what to focus on. So, if we want to know what to focus on, we can go to Luke um, 3, 15, and 16. And that will tell the tell us what we need to know to focus on, and I'm going to um, pick that up for you real quick if I can. Um, forgive me. I'm looking it up right now. Luke 3 and 15, 15 and 16, and it says, And as the people were in expectation, and all men mused in their hearts of John whether he were the Christ or not, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh the latchet of those shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So we need to know the focus on him. Point. We need to point people to Christ, period, because it ain't nothing we can do for them. Even in my daughter's situation that I've been warfaring for, and I had to stop and think, I can't do a thing else than what I have already done. I I was so overwhelmed and so heartbroken over the situation because as a parent, when you see that the enemy is using your child, and they're using your child because the enemy really don't like you, but he can't get to you, so he uses what's close to you to try to get to you and break you, and it hurt me to see him using my child, and it was nothing I could really do other than give her to God, pray, and fast, and believe him on his words. The human side of me was hurt, but the spiritual side of me knows that I have a victorious end coming. So we need to point people to Christ and know that we know that we know that he is the way. Remember that judgment is coming. 
Judgment is coming. And when it comes, it's not coming for the people that's in the world first. It's coming for the people in the church first. Is judgment going to be in the church first? Godly ministry is not always popular. And how to prepare for ministry, you'll find in Luke 3 and 21. Let me go on down to 21 for you. It says, now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying that heaven was open. My pastor preached this about a, oh, about three months ago, right before the pandemic started. He preached it at a, at a, at a guest church, and he and he preached that we we're under an open heaven. We are it's limitless. You know, we in the house, we look up, we see the ceiling. It's a limit to the, to, to the height. But when you're outside, we're under an open heaven, and that includes being in the building. We're we're under an open heaven, and God is always showering blessings on us whether we acknowledge them or not. How to prepare for ministry is what I just read in Luke 3 and 21. And then you must pray. If you ain't got a prayer life, you ain't going to make it. And I I want everybody to know, and I went ahead of myself, forgive me, I didn't give the information um, for Perfect Kingdom Network on the where www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Perfect Kingdom. And if you want to comment or chime in or come on and, and agree or disagree with me, then we can, you can be reached, I can be reached at 319-527-6091 or 323-527-6091. Feel free to hit number one once you call in so that we can interact and you can share and we can grow on from each other. We need the Holy Spirit, period. We need Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. I was telling God the other day, God, I need your Holy Spirit because I don't know what else to do. I need you. I need your guidance. I need your Holy Spirit in me. I need your Holy Spirit guiding me. I need God, I just need more of you, and I need that. Ezekiel 38 and 7 says, Be prepared and prepare yourself, you and all your companies that are assembled about you, and be a guard for them. And and also Ephesians 2 and 10 says, For we, his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, so that we would walk in them. He's showing us how to prepare to do his work. Exodus 23 and 20 says, Behold, I am going to send an angel before you to guard you along the way. This was for me. That one is for me. I put a star by that one because I need to read that one when the devil tried to break me down. To guard you along the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. He ain't never going to leave me. I'm going to keep him first. 2 Timothy 2 and 21 says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful to the master, and prepared for every good work. 2 Chronicles 30 and 8 says, Summed up in these three words, yield, enter, and serve. That's what we got to do. Yield. Slow down. Enter in to his presence and serve. 
serve him. When we serve others, we are still serving him. Even the least of them, we're serving. And when you break down yield, yield yourself to God. The word yield, according to the Webster's, means to give up possession of one claim or demand, to give up and die and surrender or submit to another. When I think in the terms of driving, you yield, you proceed with caution, or you merge. You don't just jump on the highway and don't merge and yield to see what's coming or to make sure it's safe. We need to do the same thing in the ministry. We need the same thing when we're dealing with God. We need to make sure, God, am I going too fast? Am I ahead of you? Am I waiting for you? Am I hearing from you? Are you guiding me? Did I, did I, did I uh, acknowledge you? All of these things is where God was leading me when he was encouraging me with this word. Yielding is letting God have his way in your life. You have to surrender yourself to God. You make the confession, not my will, but thy will be done. And that's what I say about all of my children, not just the one that I've been warfaring for, but all of my children. I say, God, whatever you do to get their attention, I just ask you, God, to protect them. Don't kill them and don't maim them. But whatever you got to do to get them in your, in, in your direction so that they are safe and that they are saved, then do that. Because, and I, and I even told God, if you don't never heal my body on this side, as long as you save my children, because I know where I'm going, and I just want to know that they're all right, and that's where they're going too. So uh, crying out for others. Consecration and sanctification are two words the Bible uses in place of yielding. You set yourself aside for the sole purpose of God's use, which is what I did today because the enemy told me, don't go on today. You are exhausted. You're overwhelmed. You've been fighting spiritually. You've been dealing with things physically. You tired. You all right. You can no 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 sir. No ma'am. I have to set myself aside. This is flesh. I tell flesh what to do. Flesh don't guide me. I guide flesh. I have to tell my legs when I'm hurting. Come on, cause we going to church. And I limp in there and I limp back to the car. That's all right. But I, I, I made my effort. Like my mama used to say, I'm going if I have to shake their hand on their way out the door. I'm putting the effort into doing what is required of me for the Lord. Um, if you give him a little, you will be used only a little. Give him much and he will use you much. To whom much is given, much is required. That's the same thing that works in the tithing world. It's, that's that's just the system. Entering into his sanctuary, there must be an entrance into a covenant relationship with God. I'm not talking about a building we call church. I'm talking about entering into his sanctuary is really entering your private place, the place where you meet God. Your sanctuary is your heart, your mind, and it's the place where God dwells. Each person is different when it comes to how they seek God and commune with him. When I saw that movie, War Room, it struck something in me. And I said, God, that's what I need. I want a place in my house that I can go and talk to you and you already there before I get there. Some place that is just so saturated with God that when somebody else, like in that movie, when they was going to sell that house that lady had, 
and that preacher came in there to buy her house, and when he saw that closet, he said, somebody's been praying in here. You should be able to feel the dwelling presence of God in everywhere you are. It should blow. It, it, when you, you know somebody walk past you and they cologne or be in the wind, and you'd be like, ooh, they smell good. That's how it should be when you walk past people with God. You should have a, 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 an aroma that comes off of you that makes people go, something about her, something about him. I just want to be saturated with him. But the enemy don't need to look. I know he's going to come because the closer you get to God, the more he tries to defeat you. But that's all right because he's going to get a little saturation too because he come over here, he's going to get a little bit of saturation. But um, prayer is another way of communication with God. Prayer is just talking to God and him talking back to you. Like I said before, you can't just do your prayer and then jump in the bed because then you just left him. That's like me calling you on the phone and I say everything I want to say to you and then I hang up and you ain't responding to nothing I said. Who does that? So praying, praying in the spirit. Open the door. Please let him out. Open the door and let him out. I'm sorry. Um. My service dog was in here, and somebody came in my house. I apologize. So um, praying is another way of communication with God. Prayer is just talking to God and him talking back to you. So close the door, sweetie. Praying in the spirit is different from regular prayer. This is where you allow the spirit to speak through you. Some people speak in tongues, some intercessory. You may prophesy in the air, or you may... Pray about things you never thought to pray about. Reading the Bible is another way of communication with God. God will speak, teach, and confirm his will through the written word. And it's another way of getting to know God and what he is able to do and has already done. One thing before you can speak the word, you need to know it. That's why people say, don't talk about what you don't know. That's that's true in the word as well. I don't talk about what I don't know, even in the Word. If somebody asks me about a scripture and I don't know about that scripture, I say, I don't know about that. I'm going to look it up. But I don't mess with nothing I don't know about. My mom used to say, be careful what you say, especially dealing with God and God's people, if you don't know. Better to leave that alone. And, and promises to God, I tell people all the time, especially young people, don't promise God nothing that you ain't going to do. It's better to not promise him than to promise him and don't do it. So... Uh, Coming towards the the, uh, conclusion is worship requires a personal experience with God. Jesus said, they that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. We have to know that God is real and be filled with his Holy Spirit. And and when I was looking through my um, papers and, and reading to come, you know, to share with you all tonight, I came across... Sometimes God blessed me with the gift of poetry. That's a gift from God. Sometimes I write a poem, and I might not read that poem. I may I may read it where I'm asked to write it for. Like um, I wrote a poem on the 10th of July, and my pastor asked me to write a poem. I wrote it. I went to church. I read it. 
But sometimes when I go back, like today I was looking through my notes and I read this poem. Sometimes it's like reading it for the first time and like it's for me. So God gives, just like when the preacher preached, it was for him first. Like I said at the beginning, when I'm writing this stuff, the encouragement is for me first. So I was looking through my wording, and I, and I ran across this poem that I wrote on the 10th, and I just want to share that with you, and then I'm going to um, wrap it up because I'm done, and that's all God gave me to share. And then I'm going to do the call of salvation, and if I have any callers, I'm welcoming them to share with me. Um, but I'm going to read this poem that God gave me on the 10th of July. It says, um, there are several components compiled together to present the presence of a tree. And there are different anointings and gifts that God strategically gave you and me. <clears throat> the leaves, stems, and branches all individually rely on the roots to sustain its life. And we individually draw strength and live by being rooted in Jesus Christ. Although you say, well, everyone's living, even those who are not saved. No, they aren't living, they're existing walking dead outside the grave. It's not hard to live a Christian life. You just have to make that your decision. I'm not ashamed of the God I serve, and I don't display a closet religion. As a matter of fact, I don't have a religion, typically as it's called. I have a one-on-one total relationship with the creator of us all. Don't be alarmed by the news we see or the stories or reports we've all heard. Remember to stand firm and trust in God and the promises in his word. Although our paths are different, our visions and goals should be the same. Kingdom building, our soul salvation, and glorifying Jesus' name. That tied right in with what he gave me today. January the 1st, 2000, remember the end would be Y2K? I don't have to tell you that man is not God because we're all here as witnesses today. December the 12th, 2012, was considered doomsday, another tactic to execute fear. It turned out just another day. God blessed us with that year. October the 7th, 2015, prediction was made the world would end because of blood moons. People all over the world were full of fear believing that they were doomed. July the 29th, 2016, prediction was made the world was end of polar flip, where the atmosphere would be pulled along the ground and the stars would race across the sky. This prediction was a bust as the others were, because God's in control is why. Matthew 24 and 6, ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be not troubled. These things must come to pass. Poet C.T. Studd said, only one life will soon pass. Only what's done for Christ will last. I don't know why people make predictions on the end of the world and how it will go. Matthew 24 and 36 says, no man will know the day or hour. Even the angels in the heavens don't know. And although I choose to worship you, Lord, despite the things around me I see, Although I choose to live for you, dying on the cross proved you first chose me. And amid the chaos of this world around us, all the destruction we see and hear, 
I still choose to trust in Jesus Christ and exercise faith over fear. Psalms 91 has been my scripture since this whole pandemic began. Not only have I been dwelling in the shadow of the Most High God, but I've been resting and trusting his process and plan. Verse 10 says, no evil shall befall thee, no plague come near my dwelling. And what I've been praying, I authoritatively speak it and believe in my heart, God is doing every word that I'm saying. So God said it, I believe it, that's just how it has to be. I'll just remain steadfast on my purpose journey that God assigned for me. And I want to thank you all, and I'm going to give the call to salvation at this point. Anybody want to give their heart to Christ? Anybody heard anything that pricked their heart? Anybody have a comment? After I give this um, call to salvation, the lines are open, and I'm here for you. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life, and I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And if you said that today, or you say that in your heart, then tell somebody that you said it, tell somebody that you mean it, and join somebody believing Bible-based church or continue to frequent PKN, which is there for those that don't have a home church, and you just need to hear a word or you need to hear an encouragement from God or you need to be in the in a place where God's people are to get some encouragement and some words, I implore you to go to that website that I shared with you earlier, the www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash perfect kingdom, and, 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 and say something to somebody. If nobody has uh, any comments and there are no callers, then I'm going to turn it over to whoever's in charge for the announcement. Hello? Are you there? Is anybody there? Mm-hmm. Minister um Rob? Oh, Pastor Toy? Somebody have the announcements for us? If there are no callers available? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We apologize for the technical We thank God for okay, the I work. This evening, we bless God for the word that has brought forth this evening. We want to thank each and every one for joining in with us for Iron Sharpens Iron with our host, Evangelist Larry Scott. I don't know about you, but I truly was encouraged. We want to encourage those who may have given their life to Christ this evening. We encourage you to find the Bible, believing, teaching, preaching, sanctuary, 
where you can grow in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and heal from the trials and the tribulations of this world. But if for some reason you cannot, bless God, that is why he has Purpose Kingdom Network here for you. Please join us tomorrow evening for another broadcast of Purpose Network right here on www.talkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. We are just excited about what God is doing. We'll be forecasting at the 9 p.m. hour. Again, right here on www.blogtalkradio backslash Purpose Kingdom. You can feel free to follow us on Facebook as well as on LinkedIn at Purpose Kingdom. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Purpose underscore Kingdom. Please feel free to email any comments, questions, suggestions, or concerns for us directly at PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com. We love to hear from you, to pray with you, and to pray for you. Know that we love you with the love of Christ. We bless God for each and every one of our faithful listeners and continued supporters. Evangelist Mary, the ministry is back in your hands to close us out. All right. Amen. Thank you for those announcements. And... I just thank God for another opportunity to share some of his encouraging words that he shares with me, and I look forward to being back here next month on the second Sunday, same time, and I hope that something was said to encourage or uplift somebody in Jesus' name, and I pray that we all meet here safely as we leave um, this place or our radios or go back to our busy schedules, but never his presence. I thank God, and I send his protection angels out to each family out there represented. In Jesus' name, thank you. Jesus bless. Jesus bless. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never want to see you down, I will not lose. He saved me, I 